but you have three ducks. I don't know if they're still there, if the water isn't there anymore, but it was really exciting to come out and be like, look, there's a lake now, and ducks. Excellent. Well, I hope your ducks are still there. Yeah, me too. Don't, um, actually, I might still have old bread. Oh. I can go out and feed ducks. Mm, don't, get, don't get them too fat. I mean, winter's coming, right? Mmm, sure. It's gonna be the hottest winter ever, but sure. <laughs> it still counts. I don't care. Does Global it? warming won't stop me from feeding my ducks. Okay. <clears throat> that needs to go on a t-shirt. Global warming will not stop me from feeding my ducks. Just to confuse everybody. Yes, that is a very specific shirt that I don't know will anybody would buy. It's okay. Well, Hello and welcome to Team Read Lightly, the podcast of two dinosaurs talking about books. Um, over there we have Raptor from Australia, and here it's Trex from Germany. This week we're talking about Alana, the First Adventure by Tamara Pierce. Yes. A reissue of a classic fairy tale, oh, a classic fantasy quest, The Song of the Lioness. Denying her magical roots and disguised as a boy, Alana strives to achieve her ultimate ambition, to become a knight. Her determination wins her powerful friends in the palace, but court life holds unexpected dangers. Something about the powerful magician, Duke Roger of Conti, terrifies Alana, and soon she will have to face a challenge to test all her skills. Dun dun dun! <laughs> yes. So, so what did you think? Um, it wasn't bad. Um, I mean, it is a children's book, so I think it's probably hard to review it properly when you're not the target audience. Really? Um, uh, I, yes, so, yeah. so this book aimed at a, like, early teen. We're talking, like, uh, the end of primary school, early high school. Um, I think it's 8 to 11 is the age group. Yeah, so. it's also from 83, so I think what would have been considered good for that age group is also different than what people might consider good for the age group now. Fair. Um yeah, I mean, in itself, it's not a bad story. Like the, the the story of just a girl trying to become a knight and all that. Um, I got bored a lot doing this book. Aww. But, yeah, I don't know if that's just it being a children's book or just, I don't know. I, I had to push myself a couple of times to keep going yes well i found this book in the library when i was peak age group and it is one of the books probably one of the first books that inspired me to be a knight <laughs> um which remains to this day one of my biggest dreams i want to be a lord i'm gonna have a castle and a little fiefdom and ride around i'm not necessarily a horse but uh yeah 
fish of Rulesbury great, have steak and beer for breakfast. Those are my goals. Um, Excellent. <laughs> but, yeah, I really enjoyed this book, and I really enjoyed it reading it again. But, again, mine is always tinged with nostalgia. I think that it is definitely written for a younger age group, and that the pacing of the book can be really odd. Mm, yeah. Some of the topics are probably covered a little bit um, more blasé than they would be if it was being written today. But, the, yeah, this book is from the 80s, so... Um, I think that having a book where the main protagonist spends most of it cross-dressing, <laughs> it was probably enough. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, I would probably still, for a children's book, um, give this, like, a four-star... Maybe, and in the grand scheme of things, that would probably scale down to a maybe a three, just because there's not particularly complex characters or plotline or anything like that. Yeah, I'm, I have no idea about the rating. I've been thinking about it, and I just I can't seem to agree on something. We have to come back to that after the review, I think. Okay, make my mind a bit. Yeah, but you, you enjoyed it in parts? Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, okay, well, let's get into the spoiler section then. Spoiler! Yeah. Um, cool, so this book opens on Alana uh, receiving news from her father that she's going to the convent um, to be trained to be a lady of the court, a court lady, <laughs> and that her twin brother, Tom... Spelt thumb. Um, it's, I'm sorry, I have to um, quickly tell you. The first half of the book I read, and the other half I actually listened to, but not the audiobook, I, on YouTube. <clears throat> There's an American library, I want to say, um, where years ago they had a series of them reading children's books in mm. multiple sections, and I listened to the lady there read it out and she actually did pronounce it thumb which just had me laughing half the time because it just sounds like do you mean thumb right. uh, yeah so I'm definitely gonna call him thumb now it's ah uh, it's uncomfortable rightio um cool Alana and thumb um is going to be sent off to the local palace to be well, not even palace, but the local, like, fort, local city to train as a knight and uh, to be qualified as a knight. I don't think this is where the king and queen live, like, on the day-to-day. But I'm not 100% sure, and it's never really, like, covered off, and I, it doesn't really make sense to me. But, um... Yeah, it was a bit confusing. Let's, let's, let's send him to the... The king's castle to be trained. Well, it was less so the king's castle option. It was like they were sent him to the local, like, big city, right, to to sit in the court with the duke, which would make sense. That would be probably how most of the boys in the area would be trained. But the fact that they're, like, we don't talk about, like, the king being involved in their day-to-day lives at all despite the fact he lives in the same palace and they don't serve him at all, kind of, like, confuses me. 
Mm, yeah. um, anyway, so uh, Alana comes up with a plan because she's like, fuck being a lady. I'm good at hunting. I'm good at fishing. I'm good at horse riding. I'm brave and courageous. I want to be a knight. Um, she talks to Tom, 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 and they, he goes, oh, look, I'm, I'm a little bit interested. They're 11, by the way, in this. Um, and I'm a little bit interested and we should, uh, we should consult with the, effectively the nanny, right? Yeah. Let's ask the nanny what she thinks. The nanny also happens to be (laughs) the local witch. And I mean that in the nicest possible way. Yeah, um, she's, she's like the local healer, right? healer. Yeah. Um. So she thrusts their hands into the fire and asks basically for guidance because she doesn't know what to do because she knows that both of them will be incredibly unhappy with the the choices as they are. Um. And the gods kind of give her a vision and she decides to help the kids. Uh, switch places. Yeah, because why the hell not? Could do with a bit of a giggle. No, because clearly it's destiny. Jeez. She's not doing this for the lols. Yeah, yeah, that's what they all say, destiny. Oh, come on. She's doing it for plot convenience. (laughs) Well, let's say to that, kids, it'll make for a good story. Whatever. You just... You just suck. Why are you never happy? Sorry, am I destroying your childhood uh, memories? No, I just think that you will never enjoy a story, because you don't don't ever get pleasure anymore. Wow, that's hot. I believe the term you're looking for is harsh, but is it incorrect? Is it incorrect? When was the last story that you enjoyed us reading? Hold on, I have to remember what we actually read. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Good Omens is fucking awesome. I enjoyed the hell out of that. The first thing that comes to mind. One book. I mean, it's not like I don't enjoy reading them, but I still get to nitpick the shit out of them. One does not forfeit the other. Okay, so the witch says yay. Let's go. Indeed, the witch says yay. Um, So they go to swap places. Um, Alana cuts her hair to look like Tom. I mean, Thom. Um, Tom forges their father's signature and rewrites new letters. (laughs) Which, I mean, at 11 is quite a skill. Oh, but didn't you spend, like, most of your, like, primary school days trying to, like, mimic your parents' signatures? We did. Well, it doesn't mean I was good at it by the age of 11. No, but there are some kids that are really good at it. Yeah, quite a skill. It is. Not to detract from it, I'm just saying it's a skill an 11-year-old can have. Uh, All right, and then they're off. Um, so, so off we go. Alana heads off with the like local manservant, not local manservant, but the the guy who was sergeant at arms for their little 
piece of land out in the border town. Um, and he is going to act as Tom's manservant while uh, at the palace in an attempt to, like, so they're not completely alone. They have somebody there with them for the first, like, three years that can teach and guide and and help when all the training gets a little bit too hard. Yeah. Also, he uh, used to be a soldier, right? Yeah. And a blacksmith. Yeah. So he's got all the skills. Yeah. Um, well, I think he was a blacksmith and then there was a war and he got called into the army. And he's not... Um, He's not of the upper echelon, and, and therefore he's, like, somewhat just to be, like, directed around. Um, mm. Yeah. Um, anyway, so they're off. Um, he is called... Uh, what was his name? Quorum. Smithson, funnily enough. Um, <laughs> you son of a smith. And... Uh, he gets really drunk on the road when he finds out that it's Alana instead of Tom because he's one of the two people that could potentially even tell them apart at this age. There's, they're so similar looking, the two of them, that this is... This is it. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, once she tells him that she's actually not Tom and that uh, what their plan is and everything um, I like the phrase of him shouting out I don't care if the two of you want to be dancing bears where immediately I had to start daydreaming about people going to the circus trying to train with the bears yeah. but yes that'd be another story um, we could read a book about running away to the circus if you want Mm, no, no. Yeah, do you Sorry. know any stories about running away to the circus that you think we should read? Just let us know. Circuses have clowns. I don't like clowns. I mean, what? It's, uh, there's nothing wrong with clowns. Yes, um, there is. Moving promptly along from this dra drama that we just do not need to deal with. <laughs> um, yes, so we're on the road. Coram is convinced kind of because he's really hungover and can't say no. Uh, also, he thinks about how embarrassing it would be if he would have to stand next to Thom watching mm -hmm. him fail at fighting and be embarrassed by that and that Alana probably has better chances at not sucking. Yeah. Um, Coram's horse also on the way rears up um, in fear of a snake um, and Alana goes through the process of like catching the horse and pulling him back down so as not to dump Coram out on the road um, two days ride from literally anywhere um, yeah so that's, that was good of her really really convinced him brought him over Um, anyway, so they arrive, um, and Alana gets introduced as Alan to all of the people there. Um, she manages to make friends with Raoul, Gareth, the younger, Francis, Alexander, 
and then the prince. She also manages within hours of being there um, to piss off Raylon, who is the, like, current school bully. <laughs> yeah, but it was. Um, yeah, she just tries to, like, stand up for herself and doesn't want to get pushed around. Um, a big thing about this book is that Alana is a redhead and 100% plays into the stereotype. She's a redhead with purple eyes who is fiery like nobody's business and raring for a fight every time. Uh, yes. There's not much else holding back here. No, she doesn't do, um, like, anger management very well. (laughs) No, no, she does not. So they start some of the practicing? Yeah, so she starts attending classes, and she's there for, like, three days before she wants to, like, throw in the towel, because the days are incredibly long and incredibly hard. You start with, like, history, maths, um, like, I don't know what it is. Kind of like war. War talk and... planning. Yeah, and, like, manners and decorum. And then after that, you immediately go into, like, doing your combat training and all those kind of things. So you spend the morning, like, trying to use your brain and the afternoon trying to not get beat up by all of the other kids. And on top of that, like, every time she does something wrong, she's assigned more homework. And whatever this mysterious free period is, she's full of homework. And she never quite finishes it or gets on top of it. And she starts, like really stressing out and she goes she tells Coram to pack they're gonna leave and he's like I never took you for a quitter and she's like I'm not quitting this is ridiculous he's like "Mm, are you sure sounds like quitting to me and she's like no go pack and then it like gets to her and she turns around and walks back into his room and goes fine we'll give it another week or two weeks and then, you know, afterwards she realized that he hadn't even packed at all. He hadn't even pulled out his suitcase. Because <laughs> reverse psychology. Psych. Yes, on a, an 11-year-old girl who acts like a boy. <laughs> I mean, they also have to um, they also have to play waiters in the evenings, right, before dinner? For all yeah. The they're, they're, people. Yes. yes, they serve all of the court. Um which, I mean, it's just handy. They're, they're like interns. They just get used to all the shit. Yes, basically. Like, yeah, send us your sons. We're going to train them in combat and battle. And can how good are they in serving food? <laughs> yes. Well, I also like that, like, later on, there's a big point made about the fact that Alana can only cook, like, Food that will literally sustain you and not food that is, like, enjoyable in any way, shape, or form. She, like, she can cook meat and she makes oatmeal. And that's, like, literally it. (laughs) Oatmeal for life. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to die. You can survive off oatmeal for a while. Yeah. 
I guess. <laughs> it's like literally one of my least favorite foods, but I'm not gonna. <sighs> I'd eat it in a pinch. Um, cool. So most of the time that this is going on, she is being bullied and harassed and beat up by Raylan. Yeah, um, and she also, um, like, when they, the, the first time they enter the city, um, <clears throat> there's this guy, George. Oh, yeah, I love George. <clears throat> that they that they meet, and um, Corbin is like, yeah, uh, keep away from him, he looks like a thief. Yeah, he's and he goes, like, oh, no, me? he seems like a great guy. Yeah, he also does the who me shrug and, like, wanders off. Yeah. <laughs> so George, we should also mention, is clairvoyant, and so he does just kind of like show up in the right place at the right time, somewhat. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> and uh, one day she's allowed to go to the to the town with I think Gary. Um. Yes. To like show her around and stuff, and that's when she meets George again, and that's where I need to ask. Is George going to be man meat? Um, not in this book or the yeah. next book. Kind of. Um, so I will. I'll tell you more about the rest of the story at the end of this. But in the meantime, he's just trying to be her friend. Yeah. So um, there isn't really man meat in this book. Yeah, no. I didn't mean um, now. I meant once she gets to the age where man meat is appropriate. Um, she has a number of lovers. Okay. As the series. Um, and I think it's a really good way of looking at relationships in the future. But I'll talk about that at the end. Because oh. I reread the whole series this week. <laughs> of course you fucking did. Um, okay, so yes, she befriends George, who basically just goes, I'm king of the thieves, yay! Yes. <laughs> and she's but- like, okay. She's also secretly training with George in slightly less than ideal combat in that she doesn't fence or do the woohoo martial arts of, like, the the palace. She's like, I need to know how to do street fighting because I'm being beaten to shit and I need to hold my own. And he obliges, which is lovely of him. He is also couple years older than she is I don't know how old he is um <coughs> yeah probably. I think he's the same age as Jonathan if not a little bit older mm. which plays into issues later <laughs> but um yes it <laughs> yeah no that comes to a different part I'll uh, keep that one yeah um yeah so he teaches her some cool fighting moves and whatnot and I don't know, that part of the book, I was just like, the whole bit of Raylan beating her up, Mm. and she just going, no, I'm not going to tell a single soul, I'm going to take it for presumably weeks, possibly months, to learn how to just hurt him back really badly. Yeah, but I think that's part of, like, bro culture, and, like, if you think about men in sport... Right, there's a lot of that, like, oh, you're just supposed to take it on the chin, and like, oh, I didn't mean anything by it. Like, 
you can you can get into a situation where you're expected to just know how to deal with it without anybody actually teaching you how to deal with it. And if you do go and try and report it to authorities, people will think you're a coward. And I think that is a big deal here, aside, aside from the fact that she herself is incredibly proud, like, to her own detriment that she she is this proud, but that um, that it's also, like, culturally a thing that, you know, it's not expected of her to do that. Because her friends do see what's happening to her and do in, try and intervene. Um, but that just makes, once he's beaten up by her friends, that just makes his bullying about her, bullying of her even worse. So. Yeah, I mean, even the, even the, um, like, even the adults aren't helpful. Because the, um, the Duke clearly knows what's going on, and all she, he just says is, oh, I wish you would beat him up properly one time. They're like, well, great support here. Yeah, it's like, it's culturally a thing. If she doesn't say anything, everybody knows what's going on because she keeps being terribly injured. Yeah. And I think that sets the tone for a lot of, like, what is expected versus, like, what she and her friends go on to do. Um, I think it's a good way of, of setting that contrast of, like, what is originally expected versus who the person she ends up growing into is. Yeah. But at any rate, I wasn't a big fan of that storyline. Um, yeah. Either way, she gets uh, to a yes. point where she can beat him up, and she does, so much so that he leaves the school, effectively, in embarrassment... Yes, and she's, uh, she, was she made to write a letter to his father with an apology, or? Yeah, she, something yeah. in that vein. She was, she, I think she had to write him a letter. All right. Basically going, whoops, sorry. Yeah. Well, if you weren't such a dick, you'd still be here. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, yeah, we also have. Um, a letter coming from, uh, was it her father or was it from, uh, from So originally her father sends a letter with the wrong child's name attached and she's like oh. freaking out about it. But she's like, um, here, I'm going to just play it cool and pretend that my father can't tell the difference between me and my twin, which yeah, is pretty much spot on. That's actually what, what bothered me, because she wasn't panicking at all. She came in super smooth and was like, oh, I already thought of that. I'm just going to pretend like he can't keep us, uh, he can't tell the difference between us, which, yeah. But he couldn't. Like, he frequently couldn't tell the difference between his male and his female child. He did not give a shit about raising them. He didn't even register them to be born. Yeah. It's just, I guess that's what sometimes bugs me about children's books is that everything comes super easy and always convenient for the main protagonist. It's a children's book. I know. You can't handle the complex nature of other relationships, but also she's a twin and I think that Corum, if nothing else, would have prepared her for something like this. Yeah, it's, it's not necessarily that, just that point. It's just in general, I think that's why I don't 
necessarily like reading children's books. It's just, oh yeah, plot convenience here, and oh yeah, that was being super easy to solve. Well, it's just slightly frustrating if you're not a child. Yes, but okay, fine, fine. But I think you just gotta like step back and realize that this is a children's book and it's going to follow those kind of plot conveniences. Yeah, um, I know that. It's just I'm not a child. I can't put myself into the mindset of how it would be like if I read it as a kid. Um, I might have a completely different view of it then. I just kind of like that they addressed it yeah. at all. So, that's good. Okay, so, what happens next? Um, um, George calls her into, into town. And she takes Jonathan with her. Oh yep. So she, so she introduces the king of the thieves to the um, heir apparent. Mm. And, um, and they get on like a house house on fire. Uh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> and yeah, everybody gets along nicely. It's not a big deal. And George finds a, a horse. Mm-hmm. And not a stolen horse. <laughs> Got you a nice sells, horse. Yeah, he sells it to her remarkably cheaply. <laughs> yeah, because she only has a pony. And yeah. the A very horse. chubby pony. A <laughs> pony that's basically called chubby. Well, you can you shouldn't overfeed your ponies, people. Yeah. Okay, so, that aside, um, we then have the sweating sickness come to town. So, this is a semi-medieval community, um, and there are plagues and bouts of disease that come through the city pretty regularly, and this is initially expected to be one of those. Um, however, it really <coughs> seems a little bit more extreme. The um, fever spared no one. Um, it went through the entire city, like the the common folk, and then it in it went from palace servants to the priests. The queen catches it. The duke and the, effectively, the head of the policeman. So George is actually kind of happy about that. But, yeah. um... Also, we, we kind of forgot to mention that Alana also has magical powers. Yes. More I mean, it wasn't her brother who's studying magic, but... No, yeah. not a, she doesn't have magic as strong as her brother does. I thought it was said that she had. I thought the healer said that she had more power than Tom. No, she's a stronger healer than he is, but he's a stronger magician. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um. So she yeah. she and she should be using her healing magic to the warning she got from the the their nanny effectively was that. 
she should be using her healing magic as frequently as she can to offset the lives that she's going to take as a soldier. Yeah. Which is fair enough. Yeah. And she promptly decides that that might not be the best idea. <laughs> no. Um... So um, the sickness is, like, going through the ranks and, um... Can't remember the name of the boy that. Is it Alex? Might be. I thought he survived, but. Yeah, no, Alex does survive. I'm trying to remember. Well, one of the boys is catching it and is getting worse and worse. Francis. And she's... It's Francis. Ah, yeah. And she's debating on helping or saying something, but then she thinks, well, they probably have the best healers in the country. Here, like, yeah. yeah. So they probably um, don't need me. But, yeah. yeah. Um, this disease ends up being really different from all the other kind of known diseases because it draws the healer's powers out of them and eventually actually it starts attacking the, the healers themselves. So it's clearly a magical disease sent by a sorcerer of some kind. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, Francis dies, and Alana just kind of goes to the point where, like, well, she's, um, I'm not letting this happen to another one of my friends. Yeah, she kind. feels really guilty for not helping. Yeah. And anyway. then it's, it's Jonathan who actually catches it next, and that's when she's like, ah, I gotta do something. Yeah, so Jonathan, the prince falls ill, and Alana is like, everybody else is fucking exhausted. Um, I'm gonna go and see if I can help. She walks into the room, it's full of people saying, like, death prayers and incense, and, like, it's full of stinky stuff, and she immediately turns around and goes and gets her favourite tutor to walk in there and be like, order everybody out, please, because they are not helping. He's not dead yet. And he, like, trusts her enough to do that. And they go in there. She and Coram open all of the windows and, like, get more air in there, clear everything out, start actually, like, heating the room up, making sure it's really hot in there to, like, sweat out the fever. And then she starts the process of trying to actually heal him. Um, She makes, like, a cough syrup, and she's, like, feeding him cough syrup, and, like, they're trying to sweat it out. And she's doing all this, like, healing work. And then the Duke comes by, and he's like, Mmm, is everything okay? And they're like, yeah. He's not dead yet, and, like, everybody else is too tired to, like, help. One of the other healers comes by, and he's like, Well, this is helping, so just keep going. So she's doing that, and Jonathan's, like, still alive, but not doing great. And then... Also, the the only magician who would be strong enough to fight something this powerful is conveniently far away. Who do you... Who, whom do you mean? Um... Uh, what's his name? He comes in later on to teach the magic. Uh, Duke Roger. Yeah, because at some point they say that the only person who could really stop this right now is um, is him, but he's so far away that he can never make it here in time. Yeah. Well, I think to send a message there and then to have him come back, yeah. 
Yeah, so very conveniently, it's only Alana left. I mean, yes. It's a children's book. And it's and not then, like there aren't other healers there. And the head of the palace healing like group team, the doctor, is <laughs> trying. And he, yeah. Alana is like feeding him power as well to just try and like help. Yeah. But um, he's exhausted looking after everybody. The queen is only barely just recovered. And the king and queen come by and they're like, cool, you can keep going. Just let us know if anything changes. Yeah. He's you, not... just, you do you. You do you. Well, no, the thing is that he's like, he's not getting any worse in her care. And he's like surviving, which normally if you were. He was not doing well before and he's yeah. still like alive. And I think they it's clearly in part to the work that she's like dedicated to doing for him. Um, and then he starts to really, like, he takes a d- huge no- nosedive down, and, like, it's substantially worse. And then she, like, starts to freak out, and she says a prayer, kind of, to invoke their great mother goddess, who is, like, queen of the gods. They don't really have a king of gods, they have a queen of gods. Yeah, it's some kind of system, honestly. I uh, kind of spaced out there. And um, basically she sends Alana into the realm between life and death to persuade Jonathan to come back as something that tries to drag him away. Yeah, Um, she, she sees him as his adult version, right? Yeah. Which is, yeah. Kind of odd, too. Look, it's Adam Jonathan. Let's go. Yeah. Um, and because, you know, she can see adult Jonathan, it's kind of assumed that he can see adult Alana. But, yeah. um, he's also a fever pitch about to die. But there are other people in the room with them. And so... The the teacher, the tutor, Sir Miles, um, he is her in her adult voice, which is clearly female. <laughs> and um, Jonathan in his man voice, which is clearly male, I guess, um, during this period. And her secret kind of gets out then. Not that Miles does anything with that information, which is super convenient. Honestly, I hadn't realized that Miles knew from that point on that. Yeah, well, he's like, oh, I suspected for a long time. Mm, okay. This is probably the first time it's, like, super obvious. But um, I think that he doesn't care because she's very dedicated to doing what she's doing. Yeah. And also, she saved the prince because Jonathan comes back and gets better and... And then everything is... Hooray. Hooray. And an issue that they have have been talking about is the fact that that both Jonathan and Alana have the gift, so they can use magic. But they've ignored it and kind of, like, not trained it. And then after this whole, like, sweating sickness thing, everyone's kind of like, 
we should probably teach our knights how to use magic in case that so that they can like protect themselves from you know another magical attack like this yeah um, so after long enough time of just sitting around it's like mm, yeah no let's maybe do something about this so they do um yeah. they get in duke roger to teach all of the palace kids that he used magic, how to use magic. Yeah, and he's like a very smiling, friendly sort of fella, but Alana... Incredibly charismatic. Yeah, and she can't stand him from the beginning, basically. He yeah. he calls he calls each um, student in for like a private chat, mm-hmm. and she gets and the feeling that he's trying mind. to shovel through her brain. Yeah, but he's getting really frustrated by it. So she's we have that guy set up. Yeah. Um. Cool. 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 So we're doing all of that. Alana's going through her classes. Everything is looking swell. Then she puts her uniform on one day, and she's like, "Oh, those are clearly boobs." <laughs> <laughs> she just gets up in the morning and she's like, fuck, that's boobs. I mean, I don't remember that point specifically in my life, but I do have a very distinct memory of one of my friends in primary school being like, you need to do something about that. Because <laughs> well, you have boobs. I haven't gotten boobs till this day, so really I don't, I don't face that issue. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I would disagree with that statement, but, um, you do you, friend. Yes. Anyway, so she's freaking out about that, and she, like, orders Coram to go to the healers and get an absolute shit ton of bandages. <laughs> A shit ton of bandages. Yeah, and she's gonna do it like... Like everybody does, it will just bind them down and nobody will see. I'll just pretend that I'm getting great packs. This is me getting buff. <laughs> um, I don't think she's using that much material, but, you know, whatever. That's probably more planned for the future. Yeah. Um, so, we all know what comes after you get boobs, right? Just as a hot tip for anybody who may or may not know how women work. So probably every politician in America. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so, she gets her period. Yeah, she wakes up in her own blood one morning, and since her mother died... She doesn't have a mother. Yeah, she doesn't have she, any women in her life. And the healer lady clearly didn't get to that part of the chat. <laughs> She's like, oh my god, I'm bleeding. This can't be good. Yes, but she's also like terrified of going and seeing one of the palace healers because it's coming from inside of her, and if they know about that, then they will out her. So she goes out, she gets on a horse and rides out to the city to go and find George. She's like, I need a friend. I need a friend. I need a friend. I need a friend who knows people. <laughs> I'm dying. And of course, as she sneaks into George's place, he... Just stands there naked, <laughs> as you would. Yeah, because he's just a dude doing dude things. Anyway, 
Yeah, he, he his mother is conveniently a healer. So he he takes her to see his mom. And on the way, he kind of insists on... Oh, wait, does he know before she goes to see his mom or after? About? Uh, that she's a girl. It's right before, oh. right? Yeah, because he, he, she enters the room and he's, like, naked. And he's like... Um, Oh, yeah, cool. Why do you need to see a healer? And she's like, I need to see a healer. And he's like, no, seriously, you have to give me more to go off than that. And he's, like, she's like, because I'm not a boy, I'm a girl. And he's like, what? And she's like, yes, and I'm bleeding, like, a lot. And he's like, you have to stand outside. I have to get dressed. <laughs> don't look. Don't look. I've seen you naked plenty of times. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they write to his mom. And she tries not to laugh at her. Basically going, hmm, okay, yeah, you're not bleeding I, out. Yeah, I love her, his mother. She is a great character. <laughs> she is 100% sass about Alana and her, like, issues. Yes. But I also love Alana's reaction. Like, what? That's what this is? This is normal? It happens to all of us. We, we can't bear children until it begins. How long do I have to put up with this? Until you're too old to bear children. It's normal as the moon, as the full moon, and it happens just as often. You'll get used to it. No, cried Alana. I will not let it. <laughs> yes, basically refusing periods, as everyone would. Yeah, she's like, I can change it with magic. And Mistress Cooper turns around and is like, don't do that. That'll, you don't want to mess with that. Like, that's not going to end well. Yeah, and I think she remembers the time she tried to make herself taller or something with magic, <laughs> and it just gave her a headache. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, they they basically make it sound like, just put some pads down there and it'll be fine. But I imagine that would be quite difficult with hand-to-hand combat in that sort of situation. <laughs> I mean, you'd handle it how we kind of handle it. Yeah, I'm just assuming that the materials back then were not as great as they are today. That's all I'm saying. It, honestly, I think it would probably be better, because she would just be using proper cotton, which would breathe much better than any of this plastic stuff that's in most of the stuff that we use. Yeah, true. So, yeah, she, she leaves the doctors and goes back to mm. the castle. We should also point out that she gets a fertility um, necklace thing to stop her getting pregnant. Yeah, she's like, his mom basically goes, "Uh, you know how the other stuff works? Yeah. Okay, well, don't do it. And because I know you, you probably will, so take this. (laughs) Don't need some preggers, girl. Yes and no. Alana is pretty insistent that she's not even remotely interested in sex. And that's true. For all of this book. Um, which is really, I think, is a really good way of, of handling it. Because like she has other priorities. There's other things going on. And it's great. Because in the next book, it, become, it becomes a whole issue with her struggling with if she's masculine or feminine and stuff like that. So I think it's really good. But we can talk about that later. Yeah. Um, I think that taking the time to address that in a separate book is great. In the meantime, she's still like 13, and that's it. Yeah, so she goes back and goes about her trainings. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Um, and then all of the squires are going on a trip to meet the uh, nomad- nomadic desert people. Oh, uh, that are- first, first, she's, first she has a odd weekend trip with Miles, where they. Oh yeah, that's right. Just go into some old ruins that are on his land, do some exploring, and, well, would you know, she finds a magical sword. Um, well, so, this whole adventure comes about because Miles has a prophetic dream, and he has this prophetic dream some, like, seven days in a row, and he's like, all I want is a good night's sleep. (laughs) <laughs> the dreams went away as soon as I, like, talked to the Duke Gareth. Excellent name. Duke Gary. <laughs> about um, about taking you with me to see these ruins. And so I'm like, I'm so keen for, for, to get a good night's sleep. Let's go. We're going. And it's really good, too, because I think Alana meets all the people that are there. And the relationship she has with Miles is very much strengthened. And it... Like, in the future, Miles effectively adopts her. Like, actually... Well, no, that's a lie. He actually adopts her. Um, and makes her his heir. And this is a really good way for her to get introduced to all the people that live there. And... Hmm. For them to meet her. So... Yeah. This is not the only reason is to get a magical sword. Well, the but whole also making her an heir doesn't happen until then. No, it doesn't happen for a while. So, magical sword is... We're off. They explore the ruins. She opens a door that has previously taken... uh, Previously had several fully grown men attempt to open it and never been able to. Um, And then she gets trapped down there, kind of, because the literal darkness sets in and tries to squash her. It's like thick darkness. Kind of like, think Vast Nunarada from Doctor Who. Yes. And she basically accepts that she's going to die. Mm-hmm. And that's when shit starts getting better. Yeah. <laughs> she accepts she, death, and that's when the sword is like, okay, cool. Uh, it's less so that she accepts death, but she accepts her fate, right? Which is yeah. a big deal about Chosen by Fate. Um, in this book, there's a lot of being like, ooh, the goddess has sway in your life, and the goddess is like, she's got her eyes on you, and she has, like, big things planned for you. And I think it was a real terrible way of, like, getting her permission <laughs> to, like, <laughs> intervene and intercede. Um, yeah, so... That's all well and good. Then she gets this magical sword. It's called lightning. And it lights up in the darkness, which is super handy. Yes, flashlight sword. Always good to have. Flashlight sword. Um, She gets back to town or back into the city later. And Duke Roger. God, what a name. um, Is really interested in her magical sword. Her magical super light sword. From the ruins of a temple. Not that she tells him that that's where it's from, but um, he's like real suspicious. He's like, <laughs> You have more magic than you're letting on. 
and you're not letting me use you, why won't you be my friend? <laughs> yes. And she's just like, mm, nope. Nope, indeed. That's just not. Which, yeah, seems like seems like a good idea. We don't really get we don't really get to villain parts in this book, but it's definitely foreshadowed. Oh, a hundred percent. And it's foreshadowed later, and he does some really terrible things, and everybody's like real chill with it. You're like, why? Um, anyway, later it turns out there's a reason why, but cool, 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 cool. Anyway, so they're going on a trip. They're going to meet some desert folks. The they are called the Bazir. Yeah. Um, they only have one city, and the city that they have is effectively to guard the rest of the world against this old ancient ruins because the ancient ruins are haunted af (laughs) and like yes in a real tangible way (laughs) like and sometimes their children go mad and seek out this place and there's nothing that you can do to stop them and they never return once once their brain goes i need to go there that's like all there is. So at some point they decided they to just... They stopped eating. They stopped yeah. drinking. They, so they, they just tie of... them down and just wait for them to die at home, basically, instead of letting them go there. Mm. So that they can be buried properly and pass on to the next life. Um, cool. Here's the thing, though. When they're getting the debrief, Duke Roger is the one that's given it. And he tells them about how interesting and exciting this city is. And he's wearing this massive crystal necklace that's really, like, you know, just draws your eye in. Just draws you in. And Alana's, like, getting super hyped, and all she wants to do is go to this city. You know, this banned place where they're not allowed to go, and they can't go there, and it's not allowed, Jonathan. And she's like, what? It's definitely not allowed, Jonathan. And then she, like, pulls back and realizes that the Duke is kind of, like, egging him on. Daring him to do it, but also, like, not. And everybody is not staring at Duke Roger. They're staring at the necklace. But apparently that's fine and we do nothing about it because Alana doesn't... Look, she's not very bright. (laughs) Like, that's something I have to say is, like, she's not really switched on. Yeah. She's a fight first, think later kind of person. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay. So, um, yeah, so of course, as soon as nightfall comes... Well, they ride yeah. to the city first. And yeah. it is a long ride. Um, we, we learn a lot because Miles is on this trip as well. Miles tells us a lot about the culture and the people, as much as he knows anyway. And we also get an introduced to the guy who's effectively the governor of the region. Mm. And he hates these people. <laughs> he's like, the way he's described this is like, he's, he hates them, but he will treat them fairly if it's the goddamn death of him. Because he refuses to be anything but um just or like something like that. So that he, he yeah, he's a good person to have there if, if all the people that you can have there also hate these people. They're pretty racist. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. 
which is just great later. But, um, so they get there, they have this massive feast. Everybody sneaks out later to go to basically the viewing room and look at the city as one of the guys tells them more about the history and more about the the effect that the city has on their effect on their culture at the moment, right? Yeah. Um, and Jonathan mentions to this guy that it'd be really nice if he could get like a written history of all of the tribes so that he can then like learn more about it and be involved with these people who technically he has to rule or doesn't have to rule, but even though they hate him, he does rule them even though they hate him or will hate him. Because that's how good leadership works. Yeah. Well, I mean, he wants to try and be more understanding. Yeah. And he thinks the more he can understand them, the less likely they are to, like, keep killing each other off. He doesn't want any internal warfare. And even if he were to, like, renounce the area and give it back to them, they'd still be, like, border wars with them. So he he's trying to advocate for peace. Um, okay. Cool. Everybody heads off to bed. Lies. Jonathan <laughs> is dressed and ready. And Alana, like, stalks him because she's a premonition. And then she's like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, oh, good, you're here. Let's go. <laughs> I was wondering how long it would take you. Yeah. And so they're off. She's like, I'm shit. Fuck this. You rabble, 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 rabble. Which is fair enough. And he's, she's like, why? Why am I this person? He was like, well, if it was anybody else, they could literally carry me out of here. But you can't because you're so small. Uh, yeah, it's just, you're magical and you can't defy me. So let's go and do this. No, that's not really his reasoning at all. It's neither that she's magical nor that she can't defy him. It's that... She literally physically cannot stop him because of how small he is. Oh, she is. And that she's easy to, like, rile up and be like, oh, what, you're too scared? You're too scared? You're not going to go? You're going to let me go there all alone? Like, yeah. Yeah, the other guys would beat him up and drag him back. <laughs> she can't. <laughs> um, anyway, they run yeah. out to the city. Um, they get there, and everything is completely deserted, because it's an abandoned city. Until they get to the large temple in the middle. There they find a whole bunch of beings who are really tall. <laughs> and who are... Not... They're not aging, but they're really hungry. Yeah, it, like, it partly sounded like they're somewhat ghostly as well. Yeah, they're kind of like... They're not quite there. Not quite there because they're not, like, worshipped or anything now or whatever it is. So they're not at full power, but they're not dead. And they get so excited about eating Jonathan and Alana. Like, so excited. <laughs> um, yes, because now that the the townsfolk is tying down the the children and they can't go there anymore, they can't really eat anybody. <laughs> 100%. And so they 
But they're also like, she's got a secret, she's got a secret, and then disappear her clothes. <laughs> Which is just, wow, that's rude. Yeah. We'll just make and, her naked. Yeah, and and I don't know why, in it, what, like what the timing is in that, but they give them enough time for Jonathan to take off his shirt and give it to her. And I, I just, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand if you're like, even if you're toying with them and you make one of them naked, why would you not try and keep them naked? <laughs> like, that's the bit that would make them uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't think they put enough thought into that. No, I think that probably it's just not, like... <laughs> Let's not have a naked fight scene? Yeah, I think it's a little bit, like, sensibilities. <sighs> yeah, so Jonathan finds out, and I think they even... Um, like, it, have a short um, exchange about it. Once again, yeah. you're wondering, are the ghostly figures just watching them? Like, oh, this is entertaining. Yes. And also, they're really upset that Alana has brought her lightning sword, because it's clearly a relic of a different set of gods, and they're mad about it. <laughs> yes. And um, the the weird gem is, like, lighting up, and the light is really not Pleasant, I would say. For them, it's a bit uncomfortable. Yeah. So clearly, it's the good sword. Yeah, no, it's 100% why this sword was made. Um, yeah, and then they start to use magic to do some fighting here. Yeah, so, well, I mean, kind of. What is it, like, Alana actually kills one of them with the sword? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know um, how yeah, I don't know how he has time to take off his tunic and hand it to her. Anyway. But um Uh yeah, they start the fighting and then the the beings are trying to separate them, so they start holding hands to com I suppose to combine their magic. Yeah. And so Alana's um, yeah. so that gives Jonathan the ability to use her magic as well. So basically, that she's she's feeding him magic as he knows more complex spells. Yeah. Um, and so while Jonathan is uh, saying spells, Alana is starts fencing. So she's like defending the, any onslaught of attack with the with the sword, while Jonathan is using um, her magic and his magic to like build a wall and then effectively shoot lightning. Yeah, which and I think it's great. Oh. Yeah, fire magic. It's brilliant. Um, and yeah, yeah. So Alana gets to show off her work as a swordsman. Um, because actually she's quite talented with a sword. Not because she is actually talented, but because she works her fucking ass off. She takes extra classes to be a good swordsman. All she yeah. ever does is, like, lift weights and do sword work. <laughs> I mean, it was the whole point of going, she doesn't have any natural talent for it, which yeah. she was really pissed about because she seemed to have natural talent for other things up to that point. But, yeah, but she doesn't have a talent for that. And I don't know if it was Corum who basically went, well, the people who don't have talent just have to work really hard at it. And she's just like, ugh, I hate this. Yeah. And I, I kind of like that it not everything comes easily to her, and that 
she has to go out of her way to like work extra hard for these things. And I do appreciate that in my stories where like not everything is given. Yeah, but, um, I think it's probably the only time where where that actually happens in this book where something is actually coming at more difficulty for her. Yeah, I mean she's the magic every time she uses magic, it's effectively the goddess interceding and being like, No, 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 point it this way. <laughs> no, 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 over there. Um which is yeah, handy, but also like it's not her doing that, let's be real. <laughs> Yes. Um, anyway, so they combine their powers and they defeat, they kill off all the gods and then they're fucking tired of shit. <laughs> they get back to the horses and they ride to... They don't even make it back to the city. They actually only make it back to an oasis that's like halfway there. Um where they go to wash and um, Jonathan makes a big deal of, like, turning around and, like, not looking at the way he washes because she's never been in the ocean and this is his first time, like, seeing her swim. And he's like, oh, it surprises me. I've never seen you swim before. And she's like, no shit. Like, why would I go in the water around you guys? Uh, I like how he had that, um, just that light bulb turn on when he goes, that's why you never went swimming. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because I've got boobs and no dick. <laughs> and he's like, yes. you've you've seen us like you've seen me naked so many times, yeah. Like I've seen all of you naked multiple <laughs> times. All you guys do is be naked. Yes, which we anyway, I enjoy that a lot. <laughs> um, but Alana tries to have a conversation with Jonathan about that she thinks that Roger is bad. Yes. And was like hypnotizing him. And Jonathan's like, no, nah, he's a good guy. I'm sure he just thought that we could get rid of this bad gu- badness. We did. Yeah, he he wanted me to uh, to defeat this so that everybody thinks that I'm really powerful and cool and a good king. He <laughs> just wanted to put me into a better light, not kill me. Yeah, and a lot of like, mm, sure. Not sure. You yeah 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 no you you've got that all the right way around. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jonathan asks Alana to be his squire, even though he knows she's a girl, because he thinks that she's the best swordsman in the world. And he's not wrong. Um, and that is where this book finishes. Yeah. I clearly like the book. How are you feeling? You feeling it's a bit too childish? Um, well, it's a children's book. It's, um, um... <laughs> The issue is that I don't think I can review it properly because I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm not the target audience. I don't know how I would feel about it if I actually were 11 or 12 reading this. Um, but I think I'd probably go with a rating of three. Yeah. Yeah, I think... It's definitely not a bad book. It's not a bad book. And there is some bits where they like really try and condense a lot of things that happen, but they would be boring and mundane things for children. But I, like, definitely want to know more about her life. Like, what it's like at school, what the classes are like, what they learn, um, how they go about having balls and what the palace life is like. Like, tell me more about what going to the pub is like and the different characters that are there. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I think um, when when they were talking um, in the beginning about the classes and everything... I had a 
sharp moment where I had to think about um, the first Harry Potter book and the mm-hmm. way they set up the, the classes there. And yeah, I would have liked a bit more more detail on that too. Just I don't know, world building, I guess, a little bit more. Yeah. But, but I think I she's also, also trying to go through a lot of like years in a small amount of time. So yeah, she so had to condense it. Three years or something in this book. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think there is almost three independent stories within this book, right? If you like her introduction, then the sweating sickness, and then this um, Black City saga. I think there are like three books in one almost. Um, and it, it that kind of sets the pace for everything for the next book as well. Like there's a lot of things that happen in a very short book. Yeah. And it is nice and short. Yeah. Um, It's only 190-something pages. Oh, sorry, 216 pages. Yeah, so for a children's book, it's really, it's well-paced. Yeah, I think think so too. There's there's dips when you can, like, leave the story and you're not driven to finish it. Um, Which I really enjoyed. So I'm still probably going to give this... I'm actually going to go for a three and a half star rating on this guy. Alrighty. So cool. shall we spoiler the rest of the series? <laughs> we can. So if you haven't read the rest of the books and you care about reading the rest of these books or aren't really interested at all, feel free to like skip out on this bit. But so the next bunch of books, like the next book is Alana, um, going through basically the last two, three years of school. And um, a big part of that for her is, like, dealing with the fact that she is a girl and there are a lot of, like, pretty girls that are coming to the castle all the time, like, trying to meet Jonathan and all that kind of jazz. Because he's the prince. And so there are a lot of, like, girls around. And she... It doesn't really bother her in the beginning. She doesn't really want to go because she hates dancing. Because she's so much shorter than everyone else. And she has to take the male lead. And it's very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, which is fair enough. But then she, like... Starts to catch feels a little bit. Mm. For Jonathan and yeah. um, George, kind of also starts actively pursuing her um, when she turns fifteen. And um, well, she's not opposed to George. There's like some tension, some heat there. He's clearly like really dangerous because he's a rogue. But she's also like really unsure of herself, and that's kind of a theme that goes through the whole book. Is she's like, why do people like me? I look like a short dude. I'm incredibly muscular. I'm not, like, I'm not pretty. She's not pretty. Like, in the books, like, she's never, she's not ugly, but she's not a pretty girl. Like, this, if this was to ever be portrayed in a movie, like, she's not attractive. You couldn't have your most attractive woman play this. Think, like, Brianna of Tarth. (laughs) 
Yeah. But even less attractive. Like, I still think that the actress who played Brianna of Toth was way too pretty. <laughs> um, and, she, yeah, I mean, she's not unfortunate looking, but she's, like, she's short, freckly, and, like, not hugely attractive. And she struggles with that, like, a lot because she's not feminine and she's not effeminate at all. And all she wants to do, like... I mean, she likes dresses. She likes pretty dresses as well. That's not. She doesn't think there's anything wrong with that. And she like would love to have like long hair and do hairstyles. And she like d- she has her hair cut. It's a page boy because she's a page. And then she was a squire, so she has like a squire's haircut. Um, and just trying to like her dealing with like being on the border of being like feminine and masculine is really hard, but also like. She doesn't fit in into any of those stereotypes and she doesn't understand why people would be attracted to her because of that. And she she actually really struggles with the fact that these people are going to be her friend even when they find out she's lying about her gender. And I think that that's a, a good story for, like, a lot of kids around. Like, I really want to be able to recommend this story to to my friends who are, like, trans and stuff like that because I feel like this is Admittedly, it's from the 80s, so it's not necessarily 100% PC, but it's a really good, like, journey uh, through, like, gender and what it means and what, who you are and what you look like doesn't really matter. There's people out there that like you for you, Um, which I think is important. Anyway, that happens for the majority of the book. And then Alana becomes a knight. And then she kills Duke Roger <laughs> in a duel to the nice. death. Yeah. So she goes through her knighting ordeal and, like, duels Roger. Um, and she starts sleeping with Jonathan. Uh, sorry, that happened before. Then she has her knight stuff. Um, and then she gets outed as a girl because um, Duke Roger cuts... She actually manages to get a binder, a proper binder. Um, he, she cuts. He cuts the binder off her yeah. in the duel... And uh, that kind of reveals her gender. Yeah, basically oh my God, to everybody. Look, he's got boobs. Yeah. Um, she also actually tells Miles before this point. And Miles is like super supportive, so Miles, and that's great because he's like honestly he's an amazing figure in these books and like takes care of her in a really fatherly way, and I think it's brilliant. It's a really like nice relationship between somebody who like trusts somebody who like trusts her anyway when she doesn't think she's trustworthy she also meets a cat and the cat is called faithful and the cat is great (sighs) and i recently finished reading the last book and faithful dies and it's really upsetting yeah cool um from there alana ends up going she's like can't deal with the scrutiny that she's under at court and she, like, goes off adventuring. And actually, instead of adventuring, she ends up getting... She goes back to the Bisir, and um, she gets in with one of their tribes. And the shaman tries to murder her because she thinks he thinks she's unnatural. And um, because he does it in challenging her to a duel, which I don't know why people keep doing this. She's an excellent swordsman. Um but he doesn't like think highly of her because she's a girl and he challenges her to a duel and um, she ends up killing him. And that makes her the shaman now. I don't know why that's what the rules are, but uh, it's a lot of like, 
you keep what you kill, like Chronicles of Critics style. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, anyway, so she becomes the shaman, and, um... And a furion. Yeah, and a furion. Um, so she's, like, taking care of this tribe and, like, getting more in touch with her magic, because she, like, the first book and the first two books, she really, like, hates her magic. She doesn't want to use it. Um, she hates that side of her. She only uses it for healing when there's nobody else who can do the same job. Um, but now she has to, like, battle these other characters, um with magic to protect these people that end up becoming her family. Um, which is kind of great. Um, that she's getting more in touch with that side of herself. Um, and then Jonathan comes back. Jonathan comes to visit her and he's like, so we're getting married. And she's like, what? And he's like, we're getting married. We're having babies, everything. She's like, I need time to think. And he's like, Oh, okay. And, um, he just like starts planning her life. And she really is like, no, like I'm doing, I'm living the life that I, no, I don't, this is not the, that's not the life that I want. And they have this huge falling out. Um, he ends up becoming a religious figure in the bizarre, bizhir, whatever the pronunciation is, um, religion. He ends up becoming like, more like a, not a shaman, but like a different kind of religious leader. And, um, as was predicted by the voice. And he, he like basically abandons her there with the tribe. And is like, well, well, bye. Um, you're not a fan. I'm not a fan of you and I'm leaving. And he goes and pretty much immediately hooks up with some other chick. And she turns out to be bad news. Anyway, that's how we enter book four. Book four, Alana is, like, back to looking for adventures. She doesn't want to, like, stay in any one place. Um, she has an affair with this guy called, um, Liam Ironheart. Okay. Who is a, who is a Shanghai monk. Um, so he is an excellent, uh, warrior monk in hand-to-hand combat. He's dragon-ranked. I love the um, term is, warrior monk. Mm. That's just... Can I be a warrior monk, please? You have to dedicate yourself to a religion. Can, can you do I, that? Can I make up my own one? Uh, yes. Yeah, I'm sure um, you can. Yeah, then that's fine. I'll, I'll come up with something I can deal with. Mm. You should also probably start recruiting and then start training. Are you ready? I mean... Give me a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> you think it's gonna take you days to become a warrior monk? I mean, not a finished warrior monk, but I can start. All right, cool. Just let me like shoot through the rest of the points in the story because we're already taking way too long. Um, they do that. She's struggling still with her gender identity and all those kind of things. Um, she ends up going on this massive adventure. She gets back. She's having premonitions again. She gets back in time, basically, to save Jonathan's life again. Having, on the way, picked up a princess of a different, like, country who's currently being excommunicated because her country's at war, and introduces her to John- Jonathan. And he- she's like, hey, 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 much better option. And he's like, yes, I'm immediately dropping this other girl who's bad news from before and hooking up with this chick. And honestly, I love that 
Alana recognizes that, you know, she and Jonathan were never going to work and she doesn't want him to be unhappy. And he's admittedly, she's like a little bit forward with the matchmaking things, but she like intends to like get him a good wife. And like he, she's met somebody that she thinks is perfect for him and she doesn't hamper them at all. And is like really supportive of them being together. And I, just think it's a really good way. Like, it's a really good look at, like, healthy relationships. It's like, you know? Hmm. No? All right. I just think it was, it's really nice. Anyway, so then she's back, and they save the day, and she ends up hooking up with George. She actually gets married to George in the end. But they don't have any kids, I think. Okay. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like four books worth of stuff. But, I mean, it sounds like a, like a f- good story for children. It is a good story, and I think that I got up to book three when I was a child, and I just never read book four. But I really like all of the stories. I think it's a really good story. I love the idea of being a knight, and I think it's amazing. Yes. Anyway, I would love more ni- women knight inspired tales if anybody out there wants to hit me up with knight books. I'm <laughs> so keen. It's all I want to be in life. Well, there you go. We have to write more <laughs> uh, more knight stories then. We'll put it all on right. the insanely long list of things we have to do. Yeah. Sure, after we um, get that castle. Yeah, right. No problemo. Okay, so I guess follow us on all of our social media. Uh, you can message us at tereadlightlypod at gmail.com or on Instagram. Um, leave a comment on YouTube. I do actually check that. I'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, next week we will be reviewing what exactly? It's your choice, isn't it? I think so, but I'm not sure what it was anymore, so... <laughs> Surprise, motherfuckers. Alright, here, I have the list. Excellent. Never night. <laughs> there we go. So, All right. yeah. Come back next week to see what the hell is going on with that. Yeah, and if I don't get distracted reading Oathbringer. <clears throat> anyway... <laughs> Bye! Bye!